My name is Mark Copes. I'm Andrew Baxter. And this is... That's not a good idea to do a hot tea. Ow. Oh. How's it going, Copes? I'm going great. I'm going great. How are you going? Yeah, not too bad. Cool, catch you next week. All teed up. <laughs> it's been great. <laughs> Had a good uh, good start to the year. Uh, it's, it's gone all right, yeah. And, um, kind of slid into the new decade, nice and quietly. Mm-hmm. Haven't been up to much. I've been hearing this uh, on podcast, so I feel like we have to say in that this is our first time recording for the new year. So even though there's been a, a first episode, this is truly the the first beginning of the year episode. Even though you're hearing it a bit later. You are right. I had forgotten we'd already released this. Book. So yes, this is the first time recording in 2020, mm-hmm. which I've seen it written down a couple of times. It doesn't look right. It doesn't look like a year. No, it feels like it's it's a year where lots were pr- promised, but it just feels like every other year, which is a bit scary. <laughs> like 2020, I feel like was a deadline for a lot of things, a lot of ambitious things. It's like that date that's like, ah... Oh, you know, it'll happen in the future. We don't have to worry about it just yet. It's what our children will worry about. And it's like, oh, no, we're going to be alive in 2020. That's the problem. Uh, yep. It's like the Unix epoch. That's going to... When that turns up, we're all going to suddenly think that we should have dealt with everything sooner. Y2K all over again. That's it. <laughs> Unix epoch. I haven't heard this. Is this a computer bug? Uh, it's similar to the uh, Y2K thing where it's a rollover thing. So computers store time by the number of seconds since the Unix epoch, which is... I uh, really hope I can get this right. Let me... The Unix epoch is the number of seconds since the 1st of January 1970. And there's some extra technicalities about how it's going to like add extra bits on and stuff. However, what the problem is that they've stored it as... Uh, they used to store it as a 32-bit integer, so that was 32 zeros, and that's worked mm-hmm. fine, except um, in, in the not-too-distant future, and I really should be able to find this quicker than this, but in the not-too-distant future, that's going to t- yeah, tick over, so we need to, check before then, change over to 64-bit integer. Uh, here we go, so on Thursday the 7th of February, 2036. Isn't that funny how, like... How many seconds are in a year? I don't know. If they're a thousand, it should be fine. No worries. <laughs> it's it's, it's what, basically the definition of, sort of someone going, well, that'll, we'll never need more than this. Although I, I think the actual reason they did it was because when they designed it, they go 32 bits. 32 bits is fine. By the time we get to there, someone will have fixed this problem. Mm-hmm. Which just invites the issue of someone else is going to fix it, someone else is going to fix it, and it just goes on and on and on. Uh, recently, um, I heard, I can't remember which, was it this year or last year? I think it was last April. GPS ticked over as well, because GPS is a 16-bit integer. That ticks over about hmm. every 20 years. Or something. Has a GPS cord in it? Uh, the time. So GPS works by projecting the time oh. at you, and then you work out where you are by the amount of time it's taken for that signal 
to travel from the satellite to you because you'll get different times coming from different satellites arriving each time and you go ah this one took a bit longer to get from that satellite than that satellite but that loops over every now and then same idea though where it the software should have fixed it by the time it gets to but some old that's fascinating i did not know that at all things you learn on puppies and watermelon you're welcome I love how that we could, at our demise, like in the history books, they'll say, well, there was this first, there was this thing called Y2K bug, which they got really scared about, but then they realized was really dumb and somehow it was okay. But then 30 years later, the same thing happened, but this time it blew up the world. <laughs> so like, I don't, I don't know which one is like more dumb or more serious. I'm not sure. We'll find out. It's this, it's interesting how, we get worried about these things and then the the more times that someone cries wolf about it where this this bug's going to take down the world we'll go ah it's fine the one that does take down the world would just be because everyone ex- thought it'd be all right so uh, how's the new year been treating uh yourself yeah good i had a bit of a a delayed start because I, I, was, I was down south for um for some work and so the the new year didn't didn't really feel like it happened until we got back up. So for me, even though we're, we're well into January at time of recording, um, it uh, it feels like the first of January for me. I've only just done my goals a couple of days ago, but uh, no, I, I like the even though people say it's BS, I, I like the whole setting goals and and thinking about how you're going to do this year differently. And uh, and so I'm pretty pretty pumped. How you how you looking for the New Year's goals? Mm-hmm. Tell you what. I did not get to all my goals last year, mm-hmm. but it happens. I'm not looking at it as an entire failure because I, by trying to get those goals, I did achieve an awful lot. And a lot of, I achieved a lot of things that weren't inside those goals. And a lot of things have changed now. Most of them I'm actually carrying over to this year as in, I've, there's still something I want to aim at. And I think it, it could be achievable in this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see. I've, I've like with a couple of other things i feel like just because you don't get it perfect every single time doesn't mean you should give up like if you just aim if you aim high and you only get half as high you still got half as high that's right it's that that whole saying you like you shoot for the i don't know the saying shoot for something taller and you fall for something they're not quite as tall whatever the saying is shoot for the moon and you'll be amongst the stars i think it's the one you're looking for that's the <laughs> but one i find yours much more poetic <laughs> it's, Let me very, write that down. it's very practical <laughs> I think it's good, yeah. But anyway, um, just speaking of 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 down south, I've, oh, I've got a very active imagination, and we're aware you've got a very active imagination. But sometimes it's not, not for the good. Like it, it scares me sometimes. Like, uh, yes, you sent me a message, didn't you, about the comic just recently? You're like, oh, it went from oh, zero yeah. to a hundred very quickly. <laughs> that was uh I rather like that comic. We'll see. Um, it just so happens when comics like that are released, so like tomorrow, there'll be a, some reason where someone will ask for the website or something and I'll tell them. It's always a day where I'm a bit like, I'm very happy with what I've made, but it's not always designed for a newcomer or someone who only has just met me. And so there's always uh, something, I guess... Uh, I'm a bit embarrassed to share straight off the bat and I'm telling people about him. So we'll see who tomorrow gets to, to see that comic for the first time <laughs> as a first impression for Mark. But um, 
Yeah, I was, I was, we were down south and there was a oh, nano to Dak back up to Perth. And I was sitting there at night. I'm in the middle of this bush, this um, chalet in the middle of the bush. And I could just hear this, um, this noise outside. And so my first reaction is, you know, someone's here. They're casing the joint out. This is a horror movie. And I'm going to be stabbed to death. Like, this is bad news. That's, that's clearly what's going to happen each time. Yeah. yeah, like, I've seen the movies. There's a movie where this, uh, this girl can't... She, what, she, what she can't do? She can't hear. But she has all her other senses. And a serial uh, a murderer comes out to kill her. And it's this whole... Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm panicking. I'm like, ah, oh, I know it will calm me down. I'll just text Nat. So I'm like texting on WhatsApp. I'm like, oh, I think I'm going to die. This is the last time I'm talking. <laughs> I said, I'm, I just said, oh, there's these noises here. I can't go to sleep. I've got to work tomorrow. And she's like, oh, it's the, it's the possum. And because there are these animals living around that they feed. And so, yeah, these possums, which people, some people think are adorable and they feed them, but they're bloody, they're just rats with more fur. And this thing is like running up on the roof and it's like, Oh yeah! Suddenly, it, as soon as she said the word possum, which I already knew they were there, I was I was okay with. Like, um, I just needed someone else to tell me for reality to sink in. Like, for some reason, I was actively thinking. I'm a grown man, and I was actively thinking somehow someone had gotten on the roof of this like tall building and was like scaling the roof, looking for a way to get in, even though there's no you know no way to get in. So, I'm I, I just. Things get out of proportion very quickly, especially at night when it's dark. Like, I get scared. Is this you at all? Oh, all the time. As soon as there's any kind of noise. The amount of times I think that someone's about to break into the house, although it's never happened. Although, actually, I'm worse when I am... I'm most on edge when I'm either in a hotel. I, for some reason, always think someone's going to try and come in the hotel room while I'm asleep. I think it's because I'm sleeping in a strange place. <laughs> through the door or the window? Through the door. I just feel like someone's going to just walk in through the door. And I'm, like, bolting it and stuff and putting it all on and... Well, I'm, be- I'm better now, but of course, sometimes you just get really concerned. But then also, like, we'll just be camping in the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, we should be alone out here. If there is anyone else, anyone else, then I'm not going to feel healthy. Although, the thing is, in that kind of situation, you're most safe from other people. If you're absolutely in the arse end of nowhere, I'm talking like you're halfway up a mountain. If someone else finds you, they're, pr- they're not going to have anything... They're not going to want to hurt you or anything. It's not like someone's coming there and going, oh, do you know what? You left a tent there. We'll nick that. They haven't got there to case your joint. Statistically speaking, murderers and thieves target like condensed populations because there's more chance. Like they're not going to do an eight hour hike to like see if there's anything they can steal like or kill. It's definitely, <laughs> they've yeah. got better strategy than that. You're like, it's raining outside. They're definitely not coming over. Uh, this this fear though of, of someone there it's um it gets worse though because I as soon as I, I watched this video I just watched it once I just was on TV or something they were talking about weird things that happened and this has preluded something that happened the other night which <laughs> I couldn't sleep but anyway there's um I'm not sure if you've seen videos of um people that have like weirdos like the things that are something's wrong with these people and they've broken into people's places. And they've just stood over someone sleeping and just watched them. And they've got this caught on like oh. security cam. And so they leave before the person wakes up. And so this person's like, oh, just something felt weird last night. And they look at the like security cam. And this person just comes in and watches them for like two hours. And like stuff like that freaks the hell out of me out. And 
The other Jeez, night. It's dark outside. Now I think there's going to be someone walking up to the window. Oh, good luck. Good luck. Yeah. The other night, this was, I was just, after, sleeping. just after we recorded and we talked about the phone for you. I'm like, oh, I failed last month. I'm going to like do a better job this time. I'm going to, um, you know, not have the phone next to my bed. And I think it was last time. Yeah, I must have recorded late. That's why I was going to bed late. So I was pretty pumped just to like not have the phone. And I'm, I'm laying in bed and Nat, of course, denies this. And she, uh, she might even have been pretending. I will never know. She seems pretty um, sure she wasn't making this up. But she, she, she just sat up suddenly. Like, I don't know, like <laughs> just sat up out of a deep sleep and said she could see a floating hem. And I don't know what a floating hem is, but she's been doing so on lately. And whatever floating, I don't exactly know what it was, but in my mind, that obviously meant a floating apparition of a young girl, just like (laughs) in the room. (laughs) And so all of a sudden, like I I used to, sometimes I have to sleep with like a, a buff over my eyes because it's too bright in this apartment. And I just sat there with this blindfold over my eyes and I could just mentally see someone watching me. And even though no one's there, and even though <laughs> a floating hem is not a thing, and I'm not even sure what she meant, just the fact that she sat up and she saw it, she says, and went back to sleep. I know she was just sleep talking, but by God, I could not sleep. And I had to get my phone and just like be on the internet for like an hour just to do something <laughs> to not let my brain go crazy. It was it was a very scary night. God damn it. I'm glad to know that I'm not the only one that's ended up unable to sleep because I've ended up scaring myself. And the way out of that is to just go on the internet and go, I just need a bit of normality for a while. I just need to let yeah. the brain reset like off the dangerous path it was going down where I'm suddenly thinking that World War Three started or... There's now, I can't not stop looking at the window because I'm afraid that something's going to walk up to it. The security light's going to turn on. And there's going to be a face looking at me. Uh huh. If yeah, I'm sound like, distracted for the rest of the podcast, that's why. <laughs> I think you know it's worth just falling asleep and watching the window till my eyes close. Like that's that seems like a sensible thing to do right now. No, <sighs> I don't think I'm going to sleep. That's it. I'm just going to stay up. I'm never going to sleep again. Never going to sleep. I'm sorry. <laughs> floating hem. Yeah, I, d- well, I don't know what floating hem is. Does any come up on Google searches? I don't even know why she said it. Um, hem. Couple of things. A hem Some is interesting pictures. Turn up. Hemo. A hem is a what? It's an edge of a thing, right? Yeah, just while sewing. That doesn't make sense. No. no apparently, there's a floating hem pencil skirt. Apparently, that is a thing. Uh, it looks oh, like a hem maybe she's. I don't know. Oh, maybe she was learning how to do like a floating hem or something. That could make sense. Maybe, and she was just like... Maybe dis- she meant floating ham. Floating ham. Maybe yeah, that would... Hmm. That makes a lot more sense now. And I just took it as a different type of floating. Oh. I should have Googled that at the night. Jesus. I was going to mention a new hobby that I've gotten into. And I sent you a link, but I'm not sure if you've uh, divulged. But last year... Oh, you sent me a link. Ho- Oh, no, this is uh, when it happened. Um, oh, last right, okay. year, I got into D and D, and that was like my my thing because I wanted to do more things that um, I guess that I'd, I've always been interested in doing, but never never had the time. And last year was D and D, so I got right into that, learned how to play it, joined a group. Uh, it's been pretty fun. 
and I'd love to DM one time soon. But and something, that's something I'll continue this year. But this year I wanted to try something new. I've started a couple things, and one of them was um, I've started learning like three D modeling on doing a few courses online and it's something that's fascinates me this software called blender and uh the the other one that um i think i put a photo up on on cow texas but i've got this uh did you see the photo of the game boy replica oh, i did see the photo of the game boy replica ah, so this year like i'm wanting to get back into to game dev because there's a bunch of like all the facets of game dev fascinate me and and for some reason, I stopped over the years because I, I did study it at one time. But excuse me, there's um, I I got a Raspberry Pi for Christmas from my folks, and for those that I'm not sure if you probably know what a Raspberry Pi is, being in the UK. Uh, yeah, I've met the guy who designed them actually. Get stuffed. How'd you do that? Uh, I had a work thing where we went over to see some people in Cambridge. Um, to do work and the reason we were over there was to do some work with them but they'd also we timed it because they had some tickets to uh go to the beer festival so we went to the beer festival and whilst we were there we were chatting to someone and they were talking about small computers and providing them and stuff and um the guy, the guy I was with he, he said oh have you ever have you ever tried uh raspberry pies and we wondered why everyone was a bit weird about that and it's later we found out because the, he just suggested raspberry pies to the guy who created raspberry pies no um, way. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Oh, just a normal guy. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the, these um, little, like, basically like 10, 20, 30 buck computers, um, they just look like a little chipboard. And they got all these little inputs for things that, like, you have your power input and your USB and SD card and HDMI and everything's. I've got the, the Zero, which is, it's a, bloody cheap thing it's 20 bucks and this thing is literally a computer like you to put in a display you'd use mini hdmi the the storage is an S, mini micro sd card that you slip in and and i've always been interested in them but i've never um had a chance to play with it because i guess i just haven't had uh, enough gadgets but dad's been right into it because he um was into electronics growing up and uh so anyway he got me to one to play with and I've been wanting to try this uh, thing called a GPI case, which turns out all those retro uh, handhelds and uh, controllers that we loved, like people have remade them because of 3D printers now uh, and manufacturing is so much better. But like you can get a, a SNES controller that has like Bluetooth capabilities and is now a gamepad for your computer. Like oh, it sweet. feels exactly like the same with Sega, same with uh, all the all the things. And it's not an official, um, you know, Nintendo product, but it's basically replicated to a degree and probably using parts um, that are identical. And so it feels exactly. So I've got this one that's... Uh, it looks and it's almost the same size as a Game Boy, but it's got a few extra things like it's got um, a couple extra buttons and it's got triggers on the back so you can play SNES games on it. But this, it runs on, I think it was cool, but it runs on like three batteries. And so the, the Raspberry Pi is running off AA batteries, which I think is hilarious. And the Raspberry Pi fits in where the Game Boy cartridge is up the top. So you take it apart and put it in. And it's got its own screen, its own buttons and and um, things plugged in. And 
Yeah, you run, you run. Uh, so you had to in, learn how to install a operating system on the SD card and and how to use uh, the Mac terminal to connect to it remotely with. Um, uh, I don't know what it stands for, SSH, but some kind of file transfer um, protocol. But it's uh, it's really fun to play with, and uh, the the few things that the one I think I sent the link to you was um, Pica Eight. It's this. Uh, it's this one guy, I think I mentioned it briefly before, but it's about this uh, this New Zealand guy that lives in Japan, funny enough, and he's made this software that is essentially a whole bunch of constraints. So it's a game-making software. So there's a place to code, there's a place to make graphics, a, a very rudimentary place to uh, make sound, and it's all wrapped up in this one piece of software where you can create a game and export it as a PNG file. And this PNG file is like a cartridge, a virtual cartridge. So this software is basically called a um, yeah, it's an image file, which is which is odd. And if you look at the image file, which is cool, it looks like a cartridge the way he's programmed it. So I don't know what kind of wizardry technology this is, but it's uh, yeah, it's I'm trying to explain. It's it's he's calling it a fantasy console because it's completely virtual. It's got limits of how much code and how much virtual memory this thing can run and through these limitations you can can create something that's fun that's the purpose and on his website it's got like a, a bbs board like an old message board it's all integrated and it just feels very old school like when people used to write things on message boards and and people make games and any game that someone's made you can uh, load in the program and and see the code that people have done for it. So there's it's starting to get traction with a few people like uh, this guy called Tom Hall who worked on uh, who worked with uh, the original guys who made like Commander Keen and Dooms and and things like that. And he's like getting right into it, making hobby games and getting involved with the the community. And it's just like people learning how to program and and help others and all these things together. So combining the case with the pie with this virtual software is essentially made it into a a real console now it's a, a physical console and so long story short i'm excited now that it's i can uh, essentially program a game boy game even though it's not game boy software and it's not not this kind of stuff it's um I'm I'm working on programming a game that i can play on this handheld and that fascinates the hell out of me I'm not sure if any of that sounded that interesting awesome. to anyone listening. I, I love the idea. I think it's very much a... It, looking at the website, it looks at the moment like it's a hobbyist kind of thing. But it ha- has, obviously has so much scope. And I, I think this kind of thing could really take... It, the retro kind of feel has really boomed a lot recently because uh, mobile gaming's taking off. And the idea is kind of... People are kind of noticing that fancy graphics aren't really what get a lot uh, some people get really excited about how you know what their refresh rate is and how many polygons they've got on screen looking at you pc master race um but a lot of people they just want to play a game and it seems interesting how if you boil a game down to a dot bouncing across the screen there are some people who will still play that so it looks like this where you make it's, it's very stylistic but if you strip it all down to here are some constraints make a game it's going to focus more on the uh, you're going to focus more on the gameplay, and less yeah. on the trying to make you know, trying to make the water effects look shiny or something. 
I reckon, oh, look at, oh, look at that. One room yeah. dungeon. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny how, um, oh, shit. how it's like now, like all the major um, brands, like Call of Duty has a mobile game and it runs like, you know, not, not the same as console, but very well. Like you would have loved to have played this back in the day, but you, you play, I played it for like 30 seconds. I'm like, oh, it's, you know, it's a bit too much. And it's something we would have wished for, but it just doesn't captivate you. I love it. Yeah, and this so uh, gonna yeah, I'm gonna get right into this. So now the hardware setup, I'm pretty uh, pumped to. I've been trying to learn a bit about the language, and and luckily all the all the past experience, like doing a bit of programming and trying Game Maker, it's all all the same fundamentals. It's just um, learning a new environment. But the the cool thing is like this this site, you know, you can play it in your browser or all the games, but when you play it on a on a mobile and you click play. It, it comes up as a, like a Game Boy, like on the screen, a, a D-pad and two buttons in the start and select come up. And so your phone literally turns into a mini Game Boy. Like this guy's a genius. He's so, like a single single programmer making this software. But he's uh, he's thought of it all. I love it. It's definitely going back to like a time when a game studio was two guys shut in a shed for three months. Right, yeah. If it, and if and it could simple, be like, done Harry in that kind of time. Really it could down. be done by those people. Yeah. And the whole thing kind of makes me, I don't know, nostalgic, basically, because, man, the internet was a lot of a, it was, it was a simpler time not too long ago. And, like, just even setting up this pie, people, you know, have, have spent many hours writing guides to how to do it. And so I've had to go through a few guides because I'm I'm trying to connect a few dots that haven't normally been connected. So I think... I'm not sure, but by the looks on the internet, there's probably less than half a dozen people who have got this software running on this this handheld, which is pretty fun to accomplish. But it's uh, people have, you know, they do it and then they write up a guide about it. And then people read the guide and they make their own adjustments and, and host that page. So it's going back to that, those days of, of hosting a website and writing information. It's nothing, nothing fancy, it's just text, but it's explaining and teaching without like bundling it in a course and charging $500 to learn some secret, you know, that kind of stuff gets pretty old pretty quick, I think. It is interesting how it is. So the way you're describing it and look at the, um, the look of it, it makes it feel very much like it. This is the rebirth of the internet in that this is kind of how a lot of these things started off very literally and it's kind of replaying itself where the a, a lot of the websites that are big in the uh, you know that are big at the moment are hosted by massive companies with uh, you know, banks and banks of developers keeping everything running and mm-hmm. yet here you've got something where there's just a couple of people all working on their own little thing and they're just uh, chucking things across to other people or uh, you're just trying to everyone's trying to just work on their own little thing and it's just gonna I, I love it yeah i think that's what the i think that's what the internet was made for like this whole especially facebook being such a major company now owning you know whatsapp and instagram as well like they're probably the three biggest time sinks that anyone will, will use their phone for and realistically like that company doesn't need to exist for for people to you know excel on the internet and I think there already is some kind of 
especially you know with all the privacy issues that happen there's, there's certainly a, a feeling that a lot, some people want to move away from facebook even though that that won't realistically happen they'll still stay but there's definitely a i think a, a feeling that's changing but we've been saying that for quite a long time now it's we keep on thinking that as more people drift away from facebook uh i know it's been what five years since people have been saying oh facebook's uh, a lot of people who used to use facebook are now drifting onto instagram i'm sure there's now some drain of instagram onto some other uh platform i, I don't really know what would be the next thing but mm. the, whether it's going to actually happen or whether it's just a case of people as people migrate away from facebook people are migrating into facebook from somewhere else so <laughs> we think that a lot of people who what's actually happening is the amount of people on facebook i'm sure it's growing they have spent a lot of money making sure that they keep getting more people on there. But what's also growing is the amount of people who aren't on Facebook anymore. And we exaggerate how important that is and say, look, there's so many people who used to use Facebook and don't anymore, and they're now using this website. So this website's the next big thing. And we kind of assume it's linear, whereas really what's happening is that it just moves across and people change habits. Like Facebook is very different from what it used to be. And mm-hmm. is it, if it's going to have you know if it's going to stay alive it's going to have to keep on changing but i just don't know yeah maybe their strategy is it's been happening lately where they're you know being buying companies for large amounts of money but they seem to be like one step ahead of everyone so like if if there's some place that people are going to possibly move to all they have to do is buy it and then like you said if they're all moving from facebook to instagram they don't care like it's 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 still in their ecosystem if anything it's, it's growing their ecosystem so it's maybe their strategy is simply yeah. just to just keep buying the new hot thing which i guess is basically um corporate strategy 101 anyway to buy the next thing but um yeah i do know i don't know how long it's been doing this but i do notice now the whatsapp when you start it up says says face i, know, I guess it was all part of the re- they rebranded recently but I didn't know that yeah, Snapchat was that part of Facebook until that happened. I know Instagram is. But inside of Instagram, it goes, Instagram, by Facebook. They seem to be trying to go... I reckon Facebook are trying to move towards a more Google kind of uh, presence where they're not... They're not something... You, you don't go to Google to go to Google. You go to Google to get to something else, generally speaking. I don't know how many... And then there's Google Doodle. Maybe you go to Google. But maybe that's what Facebook's trying to aim for, where Facebook itself isn't actually the social media platform that we use, but it's a hub which connects all of our things. Because there's so many things. I use, I use my Facebook login more off of Facebook than I do on Facebook, probably. I use it to log into various different sites and things. So the single sign-on side of it is probably more. I, I use Google more than Facebook. But maybe that's no, what I they're think trying you're to right do. There. They're just like... Yeah, I'm, I, I, which I never really thought about them. Yeah, I could take a, off the tinfoil uh, hat. <laughs> yeah, I've never really thought of them as a. Um, uh, oh, what's the word you said? Basically, for Google, but um, I've never really thought of them that as a hub where it's not because I'm always focusing on Facebook.com. But you're right. Maybe that's just the um, the umbrella that because uh, it's basically mimicking everything that Google does, but and just having different uh, different outlets. That's, that's interesting. Ah. Definitely. I'm curious because you've got Facebook Marketplace. I wonder if I go to, uh, if I do it on here, can I use Facebook as a search engine? 
Facebook. Uh, search. If I search. Search. Website. See all results of website. Yeah, I, it looks like I can just use... Uh, we will find out in a moment. But it looks like I can use Facebook as a search engine. I can, basically. Hmm. I don't know who would. I feel like this is the kind of thing like... Do you remember Ask Jeeves? Oh, I don't remember Ask I loved Ask Jeeves. Did you ever use Ask Jeeves? Oh, I did, but just because I'm sticklers for weird things. I just thought he was hilarious. Yeah, but you but when whenever you weren't thinking, I'm going to use Ask Jeeves because I want to use Ask Jeeves, you would just slide back into using Google. Oh, yeah, go, for sure. We want to search something, oh, just google.com. And that's how they get you. Facebook, I reckon, is trying to get you the same kind of thing where people search for it i mean there's so many parts of facebook that i don't use and therefore i assume nobody uses but it's there there must be people who use it marketplace i never use that but i know that a lot of people who do use that mm-hmm. a lot of people still post videos and catch up with other people on it actually i know what i use facebook for most i use facebook most for messenger that's like that's was something that was a very small part of facebook and as far as I think from the user interface, it's now been stripped out and is actually, you know, it's usable completely separate from Facebook. Yeah, I think that was a very, I think it was the first time I noticed they've put it separate because they had their own app and they have their own uh, messenger.com. I remember when they, they announced that one, that must have cost them a bit to get. But yeah, I've definitely uh, made that. I remember thinking, I bet people like using Messenger but don't like using Facebook. And that was their way of keeping the people around. I reckon it is. They're also trying to just sort of compartmentalize everything so that you can think, I'm using Messenger, I'm not using Facebook. Because that way they retain more users or something, or some focus group did something. Anyway, it's, it's very smart and it's clearly working. Facebook is still huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'd be nice if they weren't so huge or if they had any kind of moral compass. I remember th- reading this thing about from Jeff Bezos, the Amazon <laughs> stuff, and uh, I thought it was fascinating how this has def- probably um, been modified based on what he originally said, but to the effect of um, how Amazon is a big player now, but he's under no illusion that one day it won't be. Like one day someone else will be the big player and he won't. And so I thought it was fascinating to see the guy running the show knowing that, you know, this dominance isn't forever, and there could be something else. I never heard that's that. That's very from, true. From someone, uh, eventually, you know, Amazon won't outlast the heat death of the universe. So at some point, it's going to get overtaken. <laughs> that's right. The aliens—they don't know how to use, you know, Amazon. They don't care what it recommends. I feel like, to a point, it depends on how you define Amazon, though, because at some point, something's going to come along and gobble Amazon up. Now, that's either going to be from the inside, where as people who aren't the current Amazon rise up through the ranks and take it over, and eventually there's going to be some point now where nobody who's working at Amazon currently is any longer working at Amazon. It might still be called Amazon and be like, oh, look, it's a nice old company, but it's not the same thing. Mm -hmm. Or it might just disappear and blow up in a million pieces. But yeah, at some point it's going to change and we put a lot of emphasis on the name and by the time the name changes we think that's when Amazon's changed but it's changing all the time I think Amazon itself is it's not a bookseller really anymore is it it does that a little bit but so did lots of other places so it's already like outdone itself speaking of our big companies (laughs) 
you um <laughs> I swear it's good going back well. to last year <laughs> let's go back to last year so last year at the end of the year spotify which uh so those of us who are on spotify spotify went hey here's a do you know what? Do you know what you need at the end of the year? You need some lists. Let's give you some lists. You got data. You want data? We got data. Here's the songs you listen to most over the year, and uh, here's the kind of music you listen to most over the year. It was really unhelpful with mine. It's funny how you can see how it's they design these things in a certain way, and they expect it to to work in a certain way. And then at a the point they kind of go, and if it doesn't meet any of these criteria, just put a catch-all statement in it. And I know that because my one came up and saying, you listened mostly to a little bit of everything. So it was just like, we don't know which <laughs> box to put you in, so we're just going to give up. There's um, one thing that came out of it that I... So apart from the fact that I kind of go, oh, yeah, turns out Spotify's listen, thinking about everything I ever listened to, and they know a lot of things about me. <clears throat> That's deep. Um, but they, what they did do, which is really nice, is they said, here's a playlist of the things you listen to most over the year. Um and I really like that. I'm assuming it's going to stay there forever. I hope so. But this is the kind of thing where I've I've had a couple of playlists set up like this before, where I um, set up a load, like, because you know, there's always a time when you'll be listening to a song over and over again. And then over time, you'll stop listening to it. And then, but I found that with some albums or some songs, listening to it very vividly takes me back to the time I used to listen to it a lot. For example, I, whenever I hear the album California by Blink-182, I think very strongly about a tr- certain trip I had to Laos. Uh, and I spent the time in Laos. Oh, yeah. I think I think uh, music, especially, I'm not sure if it's albums specifically, because we would have both collected CD albums, and that's more of a trigger than maybe songs are now for people. But uh, definitely, I think it's just as up there with smell in terms of triggering a memory. Yeah, it's it's weird how some of them manifest themselves, though. Because if I listen to um, the album Wasting Light by the Foo Fighters, I think about the car I had at the time I used to listen to it and being in that car Mm -hmm. and where I used to park it near my house at uni. I also had... um, I have have some somewhere. I don't think I should... Well, I might not have it anymore. have a playlist of songs I used to listen to at uni to remind myself of being at uni. And I just have them lined up so that every now and then I can go, I'm just going to have a nostalgia trip. Bah! But I kind of wish, like with uh, Google Photos, I'd like to go through and sort it all out because it's nice having this catalogue of things to go back to. Um, At one point, I thought Facebook would be it because I'm like, oh, it's storing all my photos. I'll just keep on storing this and in 30 years' time, I'll have a nice list of photos. Uh, And I've stopped Uh using it. But I wish I could go back and get all this kind of data so I could just take myself back in time to a specific, maybe not a specific event. Is it is it music that you're hoping to track the most? I think for, I I find that for me, music's one of the strongest things that does it. I don't. The smell thing is kind of really unpredictable. In that I mm-hmm. can't really know what smells remind me of what until you smell them and suddenly you go, that's weird. That reminds me of that time ten years ago I did this thing. Mm-hmm. Or reminds me of a certain person. That's also actually that's really weird as well. How a smell which I can't describe will remind me about a person who I met, a you know ten years ago 
and I barely remember. And then uh-huh. I'll smell something and remember that person. And you go, I didn't really spend that much time with them. Why do I remember that? And it's weird how the brain does <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, I, I, you hear people use the example of smelling, and I, I'm probably the same. As only, there's less circumstances. Um, but in, in terms of... Um, but definitely is true. Definitely with, with music, like uh, I think that's a very good idea. I've never thought of doing it purposely of going on a nostalgia trip, but it makes me want to like, buy a little brand new like journal and, and whenever I hear a song that makes the trigger or even just a note in the phone that I start to make a list because we did this on our trip and I was conscious of it. I was like, because we're away for so long that I made a list of um, a document of songs that basically came out and we listened to while on the trip. And so that, um, with the idea of making a trip album for that, for that purpose, but just never really got around to it. But I think the, uh, I think it would be a, a cool thing to do because definitely like you, you'll listen to, to something. And, and like you said, you remember, I think it's because you spend, because the, the album or songs go for so long, it's like, like listening to a podcast, like you listen to it and you associate it with, with for so long that that connection kind of goes uh, a bit deeper like when i listen to other podcasts i feel like i'm best mates with the people that are talking and (laughs) same with the music like if you listen to it while you're parking your car or while you're driving or while you're uh, doing where you're at a a new place i think it just connects those dots all all of them a bit quicker it it does it's i i I, I very strongly encourage people if you do it like you did if you're going on a trip or doing something like that have either write down like you did the songs that you came out and you listened like just let it happen and then make a note of which songs they were or you can sort of try to fix it and just say pick a, an album that's come up recently from a band you like or something like that and listen to that album a lot whilst you're on that trip and then you can use it as a trigger to go back very strongly. I have some really weird ones that I can think of, though. Like, for example, if I listen to the album Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd, that makes me think of playing open, uh, think of playing uh, Transport Tycoon. Uh, if I listen to <laughs> Taylor Swift's album Red or 1989, it makes me think of playing Factorio. If I listen to... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've just always said the one about... There's such weird, weird connections... <laughs> That's the kind of thing, like, you, you don't realize at the time, but you'll be, if you play a certain game, listen to an album, and you just do it a couple of times, you can really program yourself to respond to that very strongly. Yeah, if we listen to the Lego Movie 2 soundtrack. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Lego Movie 2 soundtrack is getting ready for work for us, like, because <laughs> we listen to it, and we just, just got back home, and we're starting new jobs. So now, like, we do it in the morning, we just pop it on. <laughs> And it's the, like getting ready for work album. It's a very weird album to be blasting early in the morning. I love how you said uh, um, doing it proactively. Like sometimes I feel like when I was writing down the music, it um, it didn't seem as relevant because you're not in a reminiscent stage yet. You're kind of like doing it for future benefit. But I was reading a newsletter of this guy that um, called Ryan Lindsay is a comic writer in over the East States. And he was saying how, He's big into comics, and so whenever there's a big milestone coming up, he gets a comic to associate with that time. So, like the night, this is not going to resonate with a lot of people, but the night before his wedding, he bought a certain comic book to read, so that 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 story and that book it always associates to his wedding. And so he was getting ready to 
have some books for the new decade and the new year because he wanted to make those connections. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Like you said, like if, if a road trip's coming up or something, you're kind of like purposely, it doesn't really matter what you choose, but you're kind of like purposely choosing something to create a, a future reminiscent trigger. I think that's pretty interesting. It's, it's def- definitely worth doing because sometimes it's it's weird how these things can make you feel. Uh, I'm I've like I've got one very specifically for if I listen to the Book of Mormon soundtrack, that makes me think about taking you and Nat around the Lake District because you oh, introduced me to me then. Wasn't the idea at the time, but now I'm just like I hear that, I think about that trip. I like that the Book of Mormon is a connection. That's great. Actually, I've got a great idea. Is that if anyone listening has a specific soundtrack or an album they use to take them back somewhere, I, just anything where they have a very strong connection, where they hear that music, they think of that place, or they think about that time, let us know. Send it to us on Twitter or the Facebook page or or the website. We'd love to hear some, especially like the weirder the better. I'd love to hear some other people's oh yeah connections because I'm pretty sure that mine sound very abstract to other people. It's funny when you mentioned Taylor Swift. Now, um, when I hear the Taylor Swift, the latest album, Lover, I think of going hiking with Peter <laughs> going for, <laughs> for a few days because that's all the only, pretty much the only album I had saved on my phone. So it was just on repeat for days and he didn't seem to yep. bother, bother him. That's how they get you. I've had one of the albums by uh, Biffy Cairo. It reminds me of getting the train uh at night getting the train back from claremont in uh in perth back home and it's really weird i just remember yeah. I, makes always makes me feel the same way as well which is that a deep sense of longing for no particular reason <laughs> yeah it's always i don't know it's, it's always for the better i'm not sure sometimes i guess it could be sad it's always different to what it is now. You never go like, oh, that was a good feeling that I still have. It's always something that <laughs> you don't have anymore. I think we just always over-value uh, over what we used to have. And mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't like change. I'm sure lots of people don't like change. Pick it up. Where has it gone? I've lost monologue, it. Monologue. 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 I, uh... I guess I want to do a shout out for this software because I thought I might do, I get fascinated about certain like technologies or apps or softwares. Like whenever I see my brother, he's he's probably thinking like, all right, what new app is Mark like discovered that's the new hottest shit in town that he'll probably not be using in a week's time. I just get like really excited about things and <laughs> the passion is there. But this latest one, I needed, it's basically because I need a solution. And then when you find something that does exactly what you want, it feels like it's purpose built for you. And it just feels amazing. I think that's what I like about it. You're just on the hunt for something. And when you find it, it's good. And I've been wanting some kind of software, basically um, a CRM software, which I need to know the exact, what is it it called? Customer? Oh, yeah, customer relationship management. It's basically, that sounds a bit bit, um, sterile, but it's basically if you're talking with a lot of people, it's good to use technology to find a way to 
organize all the information. So instead of going from one conversation to the next to the next, confusing them all, everything's in their own buckets and you can quickly look at it and not get it all confused. So that's what, what CRM software is. And I think a lot of a lot of companies probably have their own either they've made or or they use and, and some people might use one without even knowing that's what it's called. But basically I don't have one of them and I was needing some way to talk with um with customers or clients and I, f- I found this one called Streak and it's not even software it's a Google add-on so it's a no sorry a Gmail add-on so it's a basically a app that you can make in the Gmail environment and you know it's got its own pricing and, and blah 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 but it essentially um, adds a page to your G- actual Gmail which is always fascinating for me because Gmail seems like something that can't be changed by anyone but Google, but these add-ons add things. So for instance, one add-on you can have is that it, um, if you've got multiple email addresses, you could install this add-on so that your from address is something else. So when you send email, it doesn't come from that one email address. You could make it come from several. So if they hit reply, it goes to a different email address. And that's handy for people that may have multiple email addresses, but want to just look at one inbox instead of logging into 10 at once. But this, uh, this streak creates what's called a pipeline. And so in any like a uh, sales process or something where you're signing someone up or getting someone to do something, there's just steps that you have to do. So I don't know, usually to do with leads. So you want to lead, you need to, I don't know, find out certain details, certain steps. And at the end you need to, to invoice. That's a, like a, a sales pipeline. And this, this software, you can create your own, um, own stages and they're all color coded, which I think looks pretty, <laughs> but instead of your emails coming down horizontally, it, it creates this colorful and very visual, uh, steps along the top and they break down all your conversations. And just like how Gmail does this already, which was groundbreaking at the time, but you quickly forget that this isn't what normal email does. But you know how like Gmail puts all your conversation together in one expandable line? Like back in the day, if if you're using another, yeah, if you're using Hotmail or something, every reply was a a separate entry in your inbox. And it would drive you crazy because it was just all reply emails like read this read this re re read this re 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 read this and the same with forwarding like it was just ridiculous it's like gmail found a solution for that but this thing categorized it on a even abstracted even higher so if you're having multiple email threads with someone you can put it all in a bucket and then move that bucket into a different stage of the the pipeline so uh, you could be at the beginning stages with one person and a and a higher stage with another. And it's just very visual and very easy to understand, at least for my brain. And I wasn't sure if I was going to have to do it in physical paper form or if there was going to be a digital equivalent, but it turns out there was a streak. Um, so yeah, if anyone uses Gmail a lot in their, in their work, maybe you work for a company and you, um, they don't have a system of, of organizing your information. You kind of get lost, uh, I recommend this uh, this software. It's pretty pretty damn awesome, and it's and it's free to use for the, the basic tier. So um, yeah, check it out if you are uh, if that at all didn't sound like a complete load of horseshit.
Oh, I've already installed it because I didn't realize I. It's <laughs> funny how you say something like that and you say it's a CRM, and I go, why would I need a CRM? And then I kind of look into it and go, exactly. well, maybe. Because I've used CRMs for work before. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're very useful in support because it's the idea where bet, you, yeah. if if you if you have a if you have a, an issue with something and you want to email the support team, you email that and it keeps track of what you're emailing about. Uh, and I tell if 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 you're ever having to work with a support situation and you're trying to get support from someone, please do them a favor and reply to the right ticket if you just reply to any old ticket and just say oh yeah whatever thing was fixed was gone if you send it to the wrong ticket they now have to go and find out what the other ticket was move it all around whereas if you just email back to the ticket that was right it's so much easier just one little yeah there's one little thing for me there (laughs) but looking at apart from and the other thing i I guess the thing with uh, CRM, if you're calling support and you're thinking, oh, I'll call them and then I'll email them and I'll I'll see which one gets a better response. Like they track it all and they put it all together because you're one client on their database. So you can't really try tricks with support. And here's an idea. If you email them, it's in writing in the system. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Calling them won't get the problem fixed any quicker. I will admit, sometimes being on the phone gets me sorted quicker. But the reason it gets it sorted quicker is it's like going up to them and saying, "You have to do, you have to do this thing now, or I will not leave." And <laughs> I, I find it very confrontational, and it has in the past made me less inclined to help you. So, if you want the best customer service, make it easy for them. Be ob- be very clear about what you want, where you want it, and send it. In and we email. wonder sometimes why customer support calls ring out. <laughs> I need to stop playing with this because I'm just going to end up. Uh, I, I mean, it's got great ideas where it's like, oh, you can plan trips on this, and I'm like, oh, you do know what? A lot of those things do take a lot of organising, and they do. You do do the same kind of things. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep you updated if I end up using it or not. <laughs> I haven't really thought about it outside of business context, but you can adapt it in any way you'd like. Right, it's just just the idea where there's a lot of things that become repetitive, so you can add a workflow to it. Running it through an email account is kind of an obvious sort of thing where uh, actually Google Gmail already does quite a good job of it. For example, when it pulls out, uh, it pulls out a lot of bookings for things. So, um, uh, like mm-hmm. I've, I've noticed a lot of the time, uh, it's very ac- accurate at picking up. You've made a booking at this hotel at this time in this place and so on and adding it to your calendar. I mean, it'll ask, it'll say, hey, this looks like a hotel booking would like you to add it to your calendar. And I found that really useful because that way I can just go bing across and then you go, at the time it's open up uh, Google Maps and Google Maps is like, oh, well, your booking is for tonight. So do you want the directions to there? And it's great. It feels like this slightly more customizable version of that. That that fun fact, that one fact how you said um, putting your listing, your accommodation on the map was a feature that saved my ass getting when I got my working holiday visa in Italy. And I think I remember talking about the crazy process of, of getting signed up for a visa in a foreign country, non-English speaking. And the, the basically after all the steps, the final day, I was in this place for eight hours and there's no Wi-Fi, no reception. And I got through all the steps and I'm finally speaking to someone, which is a Herculean task. And I've got the correct form, which is also a Herculean task. And the final bit of information I needed was my current address, like where I'm staying at the moment. <laughs> and I had no way of getting it because 
my Google, um, I hadn't searched it recently, so it wasn't cached offline for my Gmail. So I couldn't find a reservation. And only, I tried everything, but only because when I opened Google Maps, uh, it showed a pin on the map of my Airbnb location that I was able to find the address. And so if it wasn't for that one feature that someone programmed in, I would have had to go into Consulate for another another 10 hours to just because I hadn't written down the address before I left home. I do know it is very, very happy to tell me when it's saved where I parked my car. But I, it's that's one of the things where I acknowledge that will be useful the one time I really need it. But it hasn't been useful yet. Right. If it ever is, I'll let you know. Yeah, when it dings, it's like, uh, do you want to know where your car is? Like, no, dumbass, I'm sitting right next to it. I know where it is. <laughs> yeah, the one time you want it, they'll forget. Oh, yeah. I had, actually, have you use, um, do you use Google Timeline? Google Timeline. Uh, tell me more. It's a thing. I'm pretty sure I found out about this from Rice in a conversation you were part of. But um, Probably. I forget things. Is this in Google Maps? <laughs> yeah, in Google Maps, you can set a thing. I oh, so gotcha, it, yeah, yeah tracks you in a slightly orwellian type of way where it remembers where you were and knows what you were doing um a lot of it is guesswork yep, yep. and i had one day, i was going through a um i was trying to work out I, I find it really useful um a lot of people don't like someone else knowing where they've been all the time but for me it's kind of like eh. a lot of people know where i was anyway yeah. what's it really mean what do you got to hide huh trust there's a little sense of that like a what are you trying to hide b is it really that bad if someone knows about about you? And also, see, they really don't care. <laughs> it's more important <laughs> yeah. to me where I was than it is to Google. But I had try, I was trying to work out where I went for a certain day, um, or whatever. I was trying to work out where, which day I went and did something to check it up. And there was a day in there where Google saw me drive to the airport in the morning, and it was then like, ah, he's gone to the airport. We know what he's doing. He's getting on a plane. <laughs> Where's that plane going? It's probably going to Sweden. Right, all right, he's on the way to Sweden. And then uh, and then he goes, oh, wait, half an hour later, you're, you're back on the road. You're driving back towards back towards home. Right, okay, so you've driven home. Uh, but you're on that plane to Sweden, so you're probably in Sweden right now. We'll just assume you walked a thousand and a bit miles to Sweden. Okay, that's right. <laughs> oh, now you've, you've driven to work. Ah, but, but you're in Sweden. Right, so we'll just assume you walked from Sweden to work. And then... <laughs> But you're back in Sweden, so now you're going to walk from work back to Sweden. Okay, right. That, that, and then, oh, it's lunchtime, right? Yeah. So every, every after every single trip, it was just pinging me back to the same bit of Sweden because it had made one mistake, and I could not work out how to fix it. I think in the end, I deleted that day. I was like, this day is actually useless. I love, I just love the that personal idea of of Google, like. Oh, I wonder what Andrew's doing today. Oh, looks like he's in his car. I wonder where we're going. Work. Oh, that's amazing. Hey, Andrew. Oh, wait, wait, Andrew, Andrew, Andrew. You forgot your kettle. You left it on. Oh, no, go back, Andrew. Don't worry, I've turned it off, Andrew. Also, your car is parked outside, just to let you know. It's it's, it's good, isn't it? I love, I love, I love it when it um, it's like, oh, look, you cycled to work. And I go, no, Google, I ran, but thank you for believing in me. <laughs> But you, yeah, you ran very fast today. Very good job. It's like an over-eager secretary or something on work experience. Once it starts talking to me, then that's basically as good as having Jarvis in my pocket. Um, <laughs> I know, I, I know, I can make it talk to me, but I don't. Uh, I don't. Actually, I think uh, can I? Is is okay? Google on iPhone now. I think I'm craving it so much. It like is. I've named my to-do list secretary. So. It's, I'm, I'm just wanting it to be Jarvis. That's, that's a good little life oh, hack to try and make the to-do list more interesting. 
you've got Google at home, haven't you? I do. Is that is that still as life changing as it was when we last spoke about it? Look, some would say that I get excited about things periodically. <laughs> <laughs> no, we still. We, we, I would say it hasn't changed my life in the trajectory that I thought it would come after day one and a half. But uh, I, I guess I haven't learned anything new apart from that conversation. But man, we can set a timer like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> but actually, it does. It does talk well with because I just got for Christmas. I got myself a uh, a Chromecast, and that is surprisingly smarter than I expected it. Like to be able to stream from your phone to the TV very quickly. Like uh, like I said, when I was doing the, these courses, um, animation courses, like I'm basically watching the. I just cast it to the TV, so you can watch your or your, anything you're learning on YouTube, and just cast it to the TV while you're on your computer trying to trying to do whatever you're learning or something like that. So like. I think the power will be in the integration of all the things together, I think. Speaking of integration, uh, I've been using Chromecast for a while and I I thought it was, it was okay, but it had its flaws. But recently mm-hmm. I decided that the Wi-Fi access point in my room, I'd had enough of it. I was like, it keeps on crashing. Really old. You know, what? I'm just going to go and get a better Wi-Fi booster. Um, and I went to see what I got, and I went to uh, the shop because it was weird how trying to find a, like a Wi-Fi access point, the internet was one thing that really wasn't helpful. You know how most of the time you type in what you want, and Google goes here. Which one would you like? What color would you like it to be? In this case, it kind of went. Uh, I'm not really sure where you want to buy it from. I was just like, all right, I'm just going to skip out of the internet to go and buy an internet thing. But I went to went to the shop, and I, what I found there was um, a Google Wi-Fi. Uh, mm. Now it looks stylistically, it looks very much like a Google Home. It's just a white thing, you know. Thing. Um, and I'm like, it's quite expensive. It's a hundred pounds, so it's like a hundred and eighty dollars or something. Uh, whereas the Wi-Fi booster over there is like thirty pounds, but that is slightly different. This, uh, it's it could be smart. It could do a, it could do some fancy things. I know. I'll give it a go. If it doesn't work, I'll bring it back completely changed everything suddenly really? the chromecast doesn't doesn't drop out all the time chromecast starts up boom there it is ready to go i want to pause something on the chromecast i open up the app that has been closed for two hours and just press pause it's still connected mm. it's i'd be spending ages where it'd been dropping out and like it would suddenly find oh i haven't quite got quite enough bandwidth suddenly just changing the wi-fi point boosted my download speed by you know an order of magnitude it's great. So if anyone is using a Chromecast and is wondering about which Wi-Fi routers to get, I would recommend a Google Wi-Fi. Uh, we're definitely getting to a time where buying the same brand, which means buying the, into the same ecosystem, definitely has more advantages than it ever used to be. Like maybe back in the day, like yeah. I think I remember my oh, some some family member would get um, would only buy a certain brand of electronics. I can't remember what it was, but um, but they, they weren't connected at all. They just thought that um, that brand made quality products, and so they they'd always get that. So you'd always know what you're getting. But now I think it's everything's kind of a quality to a certain extent. But it, it comes down to how well they play with each other very well. So like the Google things are going to play with each other much better than trying to like if you ever try to access Google services on a on an Apple iPad or vice versa, trying to do any Apple programs on a microsoft thing it's just like a headache 
they do fight each other, which is a bit annoying because I'd like them to work better. This is part of the reason that I'm moving away from um, Apple stuff, actually. I recently got, uh, I wanted to get some truly wireless headphones and I was very, very close to buying the AirPods. But um, around about the time I was thinking about doing it, I was like, I should try other things because maybe they won't be that great. And I found the uh, Bose Free Sport, I think it's the name of the headphones. They're very highly recommended um, amongst in, in kind of like fitness magazines and stuff as like if you want if you're a runner that wants a true wireless headphones go for the Bose ones um, and it was the kind of thing where I'm like I would actually quite like to get out of Apple's ecosystem because I don't want to be tied into one ecosystem I'm not too happy with a lot of it I don't actually use it that well and at the same time I'm just there going Google <laughs> and um, I really sh- this is just one thing that just sucked me in I'm like I was very close at one point to getting an Apple HomePod. Is that the one? I think so. And now it's looking like if I'm going to get a smart speaker, it's going to be a Google Home. Although I think I Uh-oh. would like them to do one which has a bigger speaker. Because that's the main thing I'd like it for. But I'm probably going to get a Sonos thing because I think they speak well. So anyway, I'm geeking out. <laughs> Everyone wants it bigger. Don't Don't feel bad. <laughs> Ah, oh, we should probably uh, we should probably wrap up then, Copes. <laughs> we should. Time to get work work done. What should uh, what should uh, what should the listeners do after? Especially listening to the show. Hey Matt, what should people do after listening to? I feel like I should. I should what should people do after they finish listening to this episode? It's hard, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon? You can tell them anything to do anything. They should have a shower. Yes, that's a good idea because showers fix everything. Like, if you're ever feeling a bit under the weather or you're just not sure, your head's a bit muddied up, you should you have Can't a shower sleep. and then Can't get up. makes you a new person. Exactly. If you think yeah. someone's trying to break into your house and watch you sleep, what you should do is just I get said, up and have a shower. Go and have a shower. And they can watch Thank you, you in there. Thank you for reminding me about yeah. now, I'm definitely certain that I was about to turn around and see a skull out the window or something. I, like camping can very much turn into a nightmare for Copes. Oh, I'm going camping this weekend. Thanks for that. Anyway, uh, if you'd like to find out more information about the show, you can uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Tarquin Ultimate. I'm at Copes Stalin. You can also find more information on the show at www.puppiesandwatermelon.com. Uh, have you got a, a quote to finish with one, Copes? Uh got one that's by written down by you <laughs> i can say that one <laughs> yep go it is by roy t bennett the light in the heart i'm gonna say that's a book yeah i think it's from the book yeah book and it's do not fear failure but rather fear not try which ties in very quickly to uh, if you're not sure what that means, just think shoot high and you'll be somewhere not so high. <laughs> Australian poet. Uh, More or less the same thing. Didn't didn't write a book, but who knows one day. Well, look, once you've written a book, cool. sorry, I'll get once you've written a book, then we can say that you're a published author. So, wait, yeah, well, I don't know. We'll work on that. We need we need to get you published yeah, so we can I'll say you're published. I can whip up together some shit. We'll get it done. <laughs> All right, it's been, it's been good, Coops. I will uh, I'll catch you another time. 
See you another time. Sweet dreams. Peace. Peace.